Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Optimize your body. Andrew Bond is back. He's back with a vengeance. He's got his beard and oh, his yeah. hat on, looking like a bit of a... He's looking dodgy, looking like to a be honest. What's, what are you looking, looking like? like I'm about to <laughs> You're looking a bit hit and miss there, mate. You look like you've just walked up on a park bench, to be honest, buddy, but uh, that's just my own... Uh... <laughs> I've done that in the past, mate, but that's all behind me, so... Uh, yeah, you have actually done that. That's serious. You've done worse yeah, than that as well. well. Anyway, moving yeah, on. Worse. You, you found a few uh, precarious places, Matt, so let's not go into that, though. No, mate, that's why I'm trying to change the topic. Anyway, um, <laughs> so now, man, how's things? Um, what was going to say? We always tend to talk about coffee right at the start. This is probably the eighth time now we've talked about coffee it's at the boring. start. What's that? You're boring people with it now. I'm boring people. I just wanted to say, yeah. You are talking about it a lot on your stories, though. Your stories are full of uh, quotes about coffee and, and whatnot, so. Exactly. I've got to shut up about it now. But, uh, yeah, I'm 12 days in. I just wanted to put that out there. I'm on fire. Um, yeah, so, how's things, man? Anyway, how's, uh, how's life out there? You good? You good You good to roll? I am ready to roll, mate. Ready for action. No, it's good. I'm uh, starting in a new gym, so I am I'm kind of feel uh, I'm happy now. So, it's a good start to the new year. I'll just say that. It looks good as well. I can't believe the the facilities they have, mate. For like, no, you know, for apartment. It's an apartment kind of. Explain quickly what it is. Um, so the, I'm working for a company called The Right Fit. So generally, they do open up gym facilities inside apartment buildings, which are popping up all, all over the city. Now, this one's a little unique because it's um, a building that they actually own. Um, so it's just a four floor building. Now they have different office spaces in there, but they do have their own um, personal training facility within. And they're also extending that into like um, group exercise, I believe, at the end of March. So it's, it's all guns blazing, and they, you know, they're the future of fitness, in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, how that develops. Definitely, and I'm sure they've probably got something similar here. If not, they will have soon. But uh, we should keep that under wraps, actually, because that is uh, that's an idea for out here in Sydney. Because, awesome. but it's too late now because someone else is going to steal it. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, but like a Sydney, you're going to raise that from the uh, podcast anyway. Yeah, I'll edit, edit this part out, mate. Anyway. I always edit most of your voice out anyways. Yeah, <laughs> if you not notice, it's like 80% me. It's like, yeah. what's going on here? I don't get it. <laughs> Make yourself sound a little bit smarter. So. Definitely, mate. No, but uh, like Sydney, you, uh, Sydney, for example, it's like a mini, I don't know, like the best way to describe it is like New York and LA are like Sydney on steroids, basically. Like, you know, New York and LA yeah. are like 50, got 50 times the amount of everything Sydney has, but it does have yeah. everything, if that makes sense. But I think something like that will be coming in soon. Because there's so many, there's so many uh, nice gyms now in the apartment blocks and whatnot, so yeah. that needs to happen. Because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that company expanded over there. Anyway, I believe they're overseas already. So, oh really? Yeah, sweet man. But uh, yeah, that's so what day on. is it? Oh, yeah. what day is it? Oh, so day here, mate. It's Saturday morning now, so it's a uh, seven thirty a.m. Is that right? I was yeah. seeing from your uh, story that it was Australia Day, right? That's right, mate. That's right. It's Australia Day today, actually. So, can you give us a brief history on Australia Day? Or? Yeah, I can do, mate. Kind of, but uh, I it's quite. I put you on the spot with that one. I didn't think you know. So it's quite brutal. Nice, no, pretty much. It's when um, it's when Captain James Cook put his put his flag down, I believe, in 1788, oh, down true. in Botany Bay, put his flag down, yeah. and uh, and that's when basically I think Australia was founded, as far as I know, if I if I've got that right. Um, right. But I do know there's some. If that might be a bit off, but I do know that it's pretty. It's pretty grim, actually. It's, it's quite, mate. Yeah. It's quite. It's, it's terrible, like that. It, in a way that they actually celebrate it because you know it, it comes down to like a lot. I think a lot of um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of Aborigines and stuff was was slaughtered on that day. You know, it was a, it was a brutal war, and mm. yeah, mate. But to be honest, here, mate, it's just another another excuse for everyone to get to get on the uh, get drunk, right? That's it, mate. Like, there's so many, there's so many uh, public holidays here. It seems like there's non-stop public holidays. Like, the, even the Queen's birthday here, Drew. Like, in, even in the UK, yeah. where we're from, they don't even have a, a day for that. And if you, talk, if you talk to the majority of Australians, they probably can't stand the Queen either, right? Exactly. That's it, mate. No, <laughs> it's, it's a good day, though, to be fair. It is a good day here. And it's like peak summer as well. So it's, it's a nice time to have a holiday. I just went for a little dunk in the ocean then, mate. You know, it's like 20, in the late 20s already, Beautiful. degrees. Nice and warm over there as well. Yeah, it was like minus nice. minus eleven the other oh, day or something, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was minus uh, fourteen in uh, Celsius, mate. So Ouch. you can only imagine how that felt. Yeah, mate. I can it only imagine. It's, you can't leave your hands out of your pockets for more than two seconds before it's biting, man. It's it's, it's horrible. But 
Actually, it, it was minus nine on the Tuesday, then the day after, and everyone was like, oh, super warm today. It was so bad on that Monday. Like, the, the weather was so so ferocious that it was like the Tuesday was refreshing. and still minus nine, so. <laughs> That's minus. You can only imagine. Absolutely. The summertime minus. makes up for the winter year. I think I've discussed this before, but I'm yeah. telling you now, like, sometimes the way the weather drops, it is, it is painful. Like, your face is just... It's just stinging with pain. It's horrible. So you need to be Ouch. bundled up big time. I'll be bundled up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, man. So, well, so that's all right, man. I just rub it in every time. But uh, yeah, before we uh, yeah. go off too much about talking about the weather and coffee, like we always do at the start of every podcast, um, <laughs> I'll crack straight in. I'll crack straight into the first. So obviously, as, as the uh, as the podcast audience should now know, we now get we now get people to write in with questions, so fitness, nutrition related questions, and whatnot. And it's good because I'm getting some really good questions and stuff that I wouldn't normally think of because it's, it's kind of tough sometimes, Drew, isn't it, to actually put yourself into other people's boots, right, when it comes to there's stuff we don't think about, isn't it, like that people actually want to know, yeah. you know what I mean, like specific stuff. Is there any kind of any, – any stuff you can – like do you get any like questions off clients and stuff, any common ones which come up which – you know, because we always seem to cover – we always end up talking about the same sort of things, don't we? So, I mean, which is cool, but like, you know, it always comes back to like the most important things, right? Like, you know, eating healthy most of the time, movement, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just, from my clients, obviously it's just a similar type of questions like weight loss, um, what should I eat, uh, different nutrition questions. So there's nothing too valuable I can give you there, but like for me, it's just about us learning from each other. So we may just discuss like what's going on in politics, not, not politics, but what's going on in the world, what's going on with family, friends, and just give advice to each other that way. So ultimately, I'm always trying to learn because I'm working with quite affluent clients. So anything I can get from them is fantastic. Like, you know, you know so it's, it isn't always about like fitness when I'm doing an hour session with them. Sometimes it's nice to switch off from that from time to time. And then when they're ready to ask me, they'll ask me and I'll give them a solid answer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, do How you, yourself? There's one I get asked a lot, actually. It's like questions which quite, you know, you can't answer them, but it's, you know, it's, there's loads of variables. Like, what should I eat for breakfast? That's one I get a lot. And yeah. um, I, I always tell people, mate, most people, to be honest, just to, just to avoid kind of carbohydrates for breakfast or just keep the carbohydrates mm-hmm. low. And have a have one which is high in protein, fat, and fiber, and it normally keeps yeah. them satiated for longer. And it, it really changes the game for a lot of people. That does like just having eggs and avocado, and maybe some leafy greens. Just keeping it simple, you know, squeezing lemon or adding side of it, side of vinegar for flavor, salt and pepper. Just keeping it simple and having stuff which is kind of people think is unconventional because people are used to having like you know bread and whatnot for breakfast. So that that helps a lot. Just that's you know, but that's a question yeah. I get asked a lot, mate. Like what should I eat? Like you said, discussion I had, I had with my client on uh, Thursday actually because he was saying that he normally has I don't know he was having like berries, oatmeal, and yogurt for breakfast, and he suddenly made a switch to transition into like having eggs and, and avocado and things like that. And the the focus of the conversation was me just saying like, how do you feel after both? Because I think there's never a relation to what we eat and how we feel afterwards. And he said that he did feel that with having that higher fat breakfast with the moderate protein that he had more sustained energy throughout the morning um, rather than hitting those carbs in the morning and having that crash. Like obviously everyone is independent and, and everyone everyone feels differently with certain foods. But as a, as a rule of thumb, I would certainly go if I'm eating breakfast to um, a go-to breakfast such as like eggs, avocado, maybe some fish or, or steak or something like that. And for me, that works better. For him as well, I just told him, just, just realize that relationship you have with food and pay more attention to that than the actual food you're eating for now, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I was going to come to as well, is getting them to connect with how they feel afterwards. And that's what I get with people who normally have, like, I don't know, how switch switch having, you know, bread or some form of carbohydrates, even fruit, you know? Some of them throw some berries in with their breakfast, but generally, like, some of them would have, like, uh, like mangoes and stuff like that for breakfast, which, like, for example, a, man- a mango is, like, 80% sugar, right? So I think it's one of the highest... The, the, uh, mangoes have the highest one of the highest con- uh, concentrations of sugar in so um, you that's know, a smart move yeah that's it mate Especially so like just having an omelette or having like you said meat yeah even, even meat switching the, the mango to berries like ultimately you're going to add more fiber to your diet so that's going to make you satiated right so you're going to hit your fiber totals for the day plus you know, with with mangoes or bananas or something like that, it's, it's mm-hmm. higher calorie content. So if you can just switch that for some berries, mm-hmm. then it's going to help you if you are going into a calorie deficit, right? It's going to make Definitely. life easier for you. 
you up so that's it and uh, what I find is with me and with clients actually is what they what they tend to pick up on is is when they stop doing something so for example mm. if they're if they're you know having like let's just say they went from having like a sugary breakfast to having a high fat breakfast like we mentioned then uh, when they stop doing that and they go back to their like to their old habits that's when they start noticing oh my energy's plummeting I'm starting to get more yeah. cravings, you know, I'm finding it harder to control my calories, you know what I mean? All these things start kicking in when they stop doing it. And the same goes for myself as well. Like for me, for example, like I always struggle to build legs. Like as you know, like with you, you're the other way around, right? Your legs, your legs respond really fast. Like yeah. for, for me, my, res- my legs are just slow responders to say the least. So I, have to, mm-hmm. I, I do squats every day, even if I'm not um, lifting weights, I'll do squats every day and the days in between. If I stop doing that, the body weight squats, um, my legs just, you know, shrink straight away. Like I lose that fullness straight away. So it's like that's another, another example, you know. Mm, you're just building those habits again, right? We always we always talk about that. You know, it's like brushing your teeth every day. If you can start building habits with what you eat, certain times of the day, and, and with your exercise, then it's going to make it easier long term. You know, definitely. Mate. All right, let's dive into that first question then. So, Louis Uh-oh. at Louis B eleven on Instagram. Good question. We yeah. both we both chose this one because you think uh, a lot of our audience can relate to this. And having you know both of us trained lots of people from a variety of different ages, um, you know we can we can relate to how our clients have managed to combat this question. Anyway, so the question is: How would one modify training and nutrition as they get older to maintain and hopefully gain more muscle mass? So. Ooh. Do you want to dive in first with this one, And? I can do it. I think it boils down to how you might alter it as at our age now. You know, you, you've just got to be very, very conscious of and aware of how your body responds to certain stimuluses and certain certain types of food as well. Um, ultimately, I know we bag on about this a lot, but it's got to be like a constant regiment of, of weightlifting, right? Which is going to increase like insulin sensitivity, like basal metabolic rate. Um, it's also going to help with increasing bone density um, and, and decreasing your fat levels, really. So the reason I say that is because you are more prevalent to certain certain issues and certain diseases as you get older, particularly like things like osteoporosis, which is a decrease in bone ten- density. So if you are applying strength training correctly right now, before you get older, it's going to make that less prevalent because... After third, I think I believe it's, it's, it's when we reach about 30 years of age, our, our bone uh, mineral density starts to decrease anyway. So, if you are starting strength training or, or training later on in life, it is going to become more difficult to reverse certain ailments. You know? Yeah, exactly. And let's talk a little bit more about collagen then. So, collagen, because that's what Andrew's referring to when he's saying our bone mineral density decreases. And actually, studies have shown it's. Some some studies show from 18 onwards, but generally from like 21 years old onwards, I think your collagen drops roughly by about 1 to 1.5%. Your collagen production each year drops by that amount. Now, collagen is the main structural protein found within the connective tissue in the body, and it makes up for about 25 to 35% of the proteins in the body. So collagen, just to simplify it, is very, very important. And if you ask me, I'm pretty sure nothing will actually force your body to produce more collagen than lifting weights. And let's just talk a little bit more about bone density because the body is forced to release, basically release calcium into the, uh, into the bones when you, when you put the stress from lifting weights onto the joints, the bones, the muscles. You know, the body is produ- uh, forced to produce more calcium and, and collagen. So, you know, nothing, if you ask me, is going to combat aging more than lifting weights. But, you know, also, like, if we can go a little bit more into the science, you know, the, the mitochondria as well. So, you know, the collagen is found within the mitochondria, I believe. And the mitochondria are the power plants within the cells, which, which generate energy. Uh, to go a little bit deeper into that, ATP, which is, um, which is known as, like, the energy currency for life. It's, the, it's, it's broken down when we, when we eat foods, and it's our main source of energy. As I said, it's the energy currency for life so you know collagen is is so important and i think as you know as we get older as as well even past the age of 21 as i said you know just bear in mind that our collagen production generally starts reducing by about one percent so just to talk as we always do about lifting weights and how important that is to to build strength and to build your bone density 
but um, yeah, just just that was just to go a little bit deeper into into collagen. But um, yeah. also hormones, Owen, right? Like you mentioned, I think you mentioned quickly about hormones. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously our hormone you know, profile changes a bit as we get older, right? Yeah. Are you talking about like, are we talking about people who are already training or is this in sedentary, sedentary oh, we can, people? We can, relate, we can relate to both, mate. I was going to go off on, on one on this. So yeah, we can relate to both. Like if you are sedentary now, like um, I believe like we drop in terms of muscle mass, um, like between three to 8% of muscle mass every decade that you are a sedentary person. So like I said, like we've already, um, Martin just alluded to there that we are, we are focusing on strength training because of those reasons. Like you don't want to lose that muscle mass because ultimately you don't want to be immobile um, as you get older because you want to have your own independence. You want to have that confidence in yourself. Like you often see people as we get older, we're starting to rely on other things such as, I know I'm delving deep into the future now in terms of the elderly, but like if you do have... Uh, issues with like with bone density and osteoporosis and things like that is going to ultimately take away your freedom. So you're going to end up using a walker. You're going to rely on other people to do things. So if you can set in stone now um, certain certain goals and certain uh, certain habits that involve strength training, involve moving, and involve good mobility, then it's going to prevent you from having these issues in the future. You know, definitely. Um, let me, on, let me just. I was just going to say, yeah. So the fundamental thing is we always talk about is movement. So movement is so key. So let's just say someone who doesn't even lift weights, right? And they want to manipulate, you know, their their fitness and nutrition to help them, you know. Okay, the, I guess the question was to build muscle. So, yeah, obviously lifting weights has to come into it there. But let's just talk about general kind of longevity and health and actually keeping yourself, you know, in, in decent shape. Movement is so important. You know, it's not just the, the calorie expenditure, but, you know, the people who live the longest tend to move the most just by walking around. Um, so, yeah, so that's very, very important. And it's obviously mobility as well. So I wanted to go a bit bit deeper into that as well. And I would say just even for the average person, or f- let's, let's just talk first about someone who's, who's never actually lifted weights. Yoga movements and mobility and actually, you know, trying to counterbalance the patterns that you have kind of cemented in over the years. Because what you've got to bear in mind is we spent our whole, as we get older, we spent our whole life, no matter who you are, you would have rec- you would have developed some bad recruitment patterns along the way. What I mean by that is postural issues, you know, 99% of people that I train, probably 100% actually, I can't recall any who haven't had some sort of, you know, minor postural issues. And what I mean by that is rounded shoulders, you know, like Andrew and I now, I'm looking at him, I I can feel myself rounding my shoulders, you know. It's the life we live in nowadays, right? Our shoulders round forward. We don't activate the posterior chain enough. So you need to focus on, I think, mobility and doing yoga-style movements on a regular basis is going to do the world of goods, putting everything else aside um, either way. And also, taking it a step further, if you can focus on lifting weights, obviously for muscle mass and longevity, we've talked about this so many times, lifting weights is the number one. It's number one on the list. But not everyone likes doing it. Not everyone wants to do it. So I'm trying to relate to more people. But yeah, just to, just to cap this off, the posterior chain, right? So when you're lifting weights, doing movements, like Andrew and I will always take clients through for the most part. We'll, we'll take them through a postural assessment at the start. Uh, and most of the people I train, to be honest, I'd say the majority of people I train are probably over 30 anyway. So uh, I train a lot of people in their 40s, train some people in their 50s, and I get them straight away doing postural assessments so I can monitor exactly where their tight muscles are and where the weak muscles are. And straight away, I'll get them doing normally rowing movements to strengthen those back muscles. So the muscles just on the mid-back, like the rhomboids, the mid-lower traps. I always get them to do rowing movements like a seated row, um, you know, overhead presses. I like to get people uh, up to that level of doing overhead presses and just really focusing on that posterior chain because that will do you the wall of goods going forward. So, sorry, yeah. I went off on one of the limit. That's fine. You're always going off on a tangent. I'm used to that, so it's all good. <laughs> um, just when you're older as well, one of the worst things you can do is is lose strength. So, again, Martin just alluded to that, that we need to build strength, build muscle mass. Um like if you lose functionality, you lose strength, then you lose independence. Okay, and that's that's huge. As as rightly, I'm not sure exactly how old this person is who wrote in wrote in the question. 
So I'm, I'm yeah, we're not going to guess a woman's age. We're not going to go down that road. No, we're not going to guess a woman's age. If it was a guy, maybe, but. <laughs> We listened to a study. There was a recent study from, uh, I believe, this Wake Force uh, University, um, and it said the study showed that cardio workouts caused older adults to lose more muscle mass than dieting alone. So people who are focusing too much on cardio as they get older, that along with diet, promoted more muscle loss. So we don't want that. If we can focus on switching that to diet and strength training, we can maintain that muscle mass as we get older, and that's gonna work perfectly for us, right? Um, active and fit individuals, especially males, tend to have like a less, uh, lesser decrease in testosterone as they get older to sedentary individuals as well. So ultimately, you being fit and healthy as you get older is only not, not only gonna be good for your physical health, but also for your mental health as well. Yeah, well said, mate. And yeah, just to talk a bit more, like you said, about the hormones, you know, as as we get older, it sounds like a doom day here, doesn't it? Like reading off all the bad things you get older, but yeah. trust me, you can combat this with some of the tips we're given yes. so easily. Yeah. And yeah, just going to say the hormone receptors become less sensitive as we get older. You know, estrogen levels drop in women, and then obviously that leads on to menopause. Um, and then with guys, and also even, I didn't even know melatonin as well, which is the sleep-induced hormone. Studies have shown that melatonin actually decreases as we get older as well. And melatonin is, is vital for, like I said, it's the sleep-induced hormone. So helps you get a good quality sleep and regenerates your body. Also regulates all the other hormones as well, or it does play a massive part anyway in, in serotonin and whatnot. But yeah, for guys, obviously testosterone levels drop. I think when guys get to the age of 50, the testosterone levels on average start dropping by about 1% to 2% each year when a guy gets to 50. But obviously, there's so many different variables which come into it. For example, if when Andrew and I, I'd like to think when Andrew and I get to 50, we would have been lifting weights for decades. I'd like to think our test levels would drop slower, but I'm not going to wish for that. I'm not going to say that just in case. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and let's talk about nutrition as well, like the ability to absorb certain nutrients as a metabolism does does change with age, right? So I think the the issue people have as they get older, they generally see like an increase in fat around the stomach, um, and and then that becomes a bit of a panic. But like as you you know, as I'm starting to age as well, like I'm in my thirties. I know you might not sound not see that as a ripe old age, but my mobility has started to suffer because of the way I've trained incorrectly as I've grown older, plus playing a lot of sports. So I've, I've had to adjust my calorie intake for that because I'm not moving as well as I used to, right? So it's not the fact that, you know, you are, as you get older, you're probably eating the same foods and you're eating the same amount of calories, but it's probably nothing to do with the actual food you're eating. It's more a factor that you are not moving as much so when you do increase in age, you may need to factor that in and decrease your calories to suit the lack of movement and lack of mobility because you're not moving as effectively as you used to. Absolutely. If that makes sense. I'm glad you said that because <clears throat> I'm, I'm again, I'm not, you know, over the hill so to speak. But I'm 31 years old now, and you know, my body has taken a little bit of hammering from the just from the competitions I've done and stuff. Um, only now I'm starting to realise. Like I, I would push through pain a lot, like when I would get niggles in certain areas when I was lifting weights and I would just ignore it. And that's kind of coming back round already. Also, I think like, you know, just, just playing rugby and a few of the bumps I took playing rugby up until, you know, about five, six years ago. And just age in general, I've noticed now that I cannot get away with, I literally cannot get away with not doing the stuff I mentioned earlier, like the yoga style mobility movements. Every morning I do at least just a minimum of five minutes, five, ten minutes every morning. And then I do about 10 minutes prior to each session. So I'm, I'm doing, you know, bare minimum of 15 minutes every day. And over the Christmas period, when I stopped doing that, I actually got an injury straight away. So um, even when you get past 30, you know, people do say, I've had a lot of guys say to me, you know, watch what happens when you get to 30, you know, in terms of muscle mass and stuff. But I think between, you know, 25 and 35, I think a solid, solid years. I think when it comes to building muscle mass, and overall health, mental, you know, your, your mental state from life experience. I think in, in many different ways, I think the solid years up until about 35, I'm hoping. <laughs> but um, and from what I've, what I've noticed with other people who've looked after themselves, you know, I know some guys in their 40s and even leading up to 50 are in incredible shape. Um, again, it, it comes down to the basics, though, as well, like consistency is consistency, you know, 
the person who, as we said last time, the person who's adhering to something like weightlifting once or twice a week, every single week for decades, is obviously going to get a much, much better compound effect with muscle mass and overall health than someone who's doing weights six times per week for a month and then stopping for a few weeks and, you know, on the on and off wagon. But yeah, nutrition, Drew. Um, any other tips on that, mate? Because I was going to come to that next. Yeah, of course, mate. Just um, in terms of like, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned earlier bone mineral density, calcium and things like that, like calcium rich foods that you may want to start adding to your diet when you get older. Um, just lots of like um, green leafy veg, um, like tin fish, um, some seeds, almond seeds. I believe like vegans as well, they can add like, um, I think it's soy products, I believe. I may be wrong on that. Mm, uh, no, that's right, I think. Uh, uh, bean, some beans and some tofu as well, which is something that they probably do have in their diet anyway. So that's something they can look into. Plus the seeds will help. Yep, definitely. I'm glad you went a bit more specific into the uh, foods because I haven't really, I haven't really thought about much in terms of uh, food specifics. But yeah, with calcium as well, because I, I have this conversation with people, and you can get more than enough calcium from having sufficient vegetables and some fruit if you focus on, you know consuming enough vegetables and plant-based foods some fruit now i wanted to mention quickly how important fiber is on that note as well now i know this is viewing away from from calcium a little bit but you know i th- what i always try and what i always promote to my clients an easy way to get the good types of fiber in is as andrew mentioned earlier berries you know you're going to get about four grams of um the right really good type of fiber uh, within about 100 grams of berries and in 100 grams of berries is like 50 calories as well so if you're looking to you know keep your calories down but just the antioxidants and everything else and also like spinach and leafy greens just getting enough fiber in is really really important for gut health and stuff like that uh, actually it's vital for gut health and so yeah just really focus on i always say to people as well roughly to hit around about 12 grams of fiber per thousand calories you eat now, for some people who don't don't track their calories, like I said, just focus on having maybe berries daily and uh, leafy greens and and just plenty of vegetables. But and so you, I just want to clear that up. Can can you get enough calcium in there? You can right through fruit and veg. Like you don't need to have dairy, right? I mean, for the average person, not necessarily. Yeah, if you if you have a very controlled diet, like like me and you do, and I think people are who listen to this podcast working towards that, like. Mm. Ultimately, as you, as you get older, your diet should be focused on containing certain ailments or, or preventing certain issues. We've talked about you can have less bone density, uh, can lead to osteoporosis, mm. lack of calcium. Um, you may also need to battle against other issues that, that can come into fruition if you are getting older, such as heart disease. So part of your diet, you might want to focus on like omega freeze. um and they're also maybe protective against like arthritis, um, can help with eyesight issues and cog- cognitive function. So it's just making these adjustments in terms of the amount of calories you eat and focusing on, on having nutrient-dense whole natural foods, as we always say. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I guess to summarize with nutrition, I think it's, again, it's coming back to the basics. I think even even as you're aging, I think if you focus on eating plenty of whole foods and just minimizing the amount of processed foods you have but as you get older i think studies have shown for most people as well your insulin sensitivity decreases so i know it's in a sense it's you know it's not it's not splitting hairs but it's kind of like calorie control is probably the most important thing i would say really if your goal is to build muscle uh, and maintain that muscle as you get older i think it's really important to obviously hit adequate protein amount uh, as andrew and i have mentioned before like you can kind of generalize this question, which I'm doing now, because um, you know you can widen it a bit in terms of the answer. But um, yeah, as you get older, you know you can um, you know focus on having, in general, for the for the average person, even a minimum of, of about 0.8, uh, 0.6 to 0.8 minimum uh, grams of protein per pound of body weight. So um, you know, like for someone who's starting to lift weights, so who's just starting out, you know, especially if you're a bit older as well. I, I tend to put them on more like about a, a gram of protein in, uh, per pound of body weight. So I'll put them on a little bit more because um, they tend to need a little bit more because they don't, they're not as efficient with protein. Um, yeah, so th- those kind of things. But yeah, like, like I'm just going off on one now. But just to summarize, I think it's the most important thing is just to eat whole foods most of the time, plenty of vegetables, eat some fruits, 
good quality animal products. Um, hopefully you're not a vegan if you're listening to this. <laughs> good quality animal products. And just being consistent and for, for let's just say 70, 80% of the time, you're eating whole foods really. So that's just kind of like, it's a wide scope really with this question. So I think that appeals to everyone, including people who are, who are getting older. Yeah, man. And again, with training, like, uh, again, there's a big focus on strength training, um, which is going to help with you, you being more independent as you get older. Um, adjust that to your own body. You know, you know that you're going to have these tweaks, little issues as you get older. So um, adjust your strength training, the amount you do to your body. Um, focus on moving well. Um, and just listen to your body. Really, it's telling you. It gives you telltale signs. Like for you to blast your body when you're getting into your 40s, 50s, it becomes a little bit harder. Like even with my own training, I've recently increased my training volume um, to six days of a week. Now I've put it back down to three because I know I'm starting to get these niggles and pains. So just just have a big focus on listening to to what's going on within your own body. You don't you can you can build a great physique no matter what age you are doing two to three sessions a week, providing you have your your, your nutrition in check. In my opinion, absolutely. And as far as training goes, this is this is this one's for Louis B, right? So, I'm assuming I'm just assuming maybe she she is a little bit more advanced with her knowledge and she has done a proper strength training phase. But I think that's right. a massive missing piece. And it was even for me and Andrew a couple of years back. None of us had really done proper focused strength training where we just focused on building strength and lifting heavier weights. Now it's a completely different stimulus to what most people tend to do now most people tend to hit around about 8 to 12 or 8 to 15 reps per set when they're lifting weights um, and that, that obviously does have its place the hypertrophy and strength endurance and whatnot but actually building maximal strength for your bone density for your heart uh, for the calories you burn everything really and going forward as you get older as well as Andrew said you know your, your strength does deteriorate as you get older if you don't really but, but I, I was just going to say, you know, to actually just the, the question was, as they get older, to maintain and hopefully gain more muscle mass, I cannot stress to you enough how important strength training is. So for about three to six weeks, if you can focus on lifting heavy weights and if, uh, providing your technique's good and you're, you know, well-versed with the fundamental lifts, such, such as squat, deadlifts, overhead press, those kind of things with a barbell, if you can focus on doing those movements with a you know with a heavier weight than you'd normally do for anything from like say one to six reps you know going hard and heavy uh, and the good thing is now andrew and i have created uh, another free training program which is going to be released next week for everyone so louis b i think you should do this It's a four-week program and it is exactly what i said there it is full body it's uh, two to three full body training sessions a week and it is a strength training phase. So I think this, for a free program, I think this is going to change the game for a lot of people, even that four weeks. Um, but yeah, just to summarize for me, um, as you get older, number one on the list, Louis B, and for anyone else who's listening, I would say is resistance training. I don't think it's going to be in any particular order, but I think in terms of all the stuff we've talked about, aging, collagen production, building muscle, maintaining muscle, obviously doing resistance training properly is going to be at the top of the list. Uh, and then with nutrition, again, it comes back down to the generalized kind of thing. Eat healthy most of the time, be consistent, and then it's always going to come back to sleep, drinking enough water, and all those kind of things. But we did go more into the weeds then uh, on the on the question. So that's that's my take anyway. And anything anything you wanted to say to finish it off, mate? No, I'm good with that, mate. I think you've uh, summed it up nicely. Then. Lovely jubbly. All right, mate. Once again, I'll let you jump into the next one, yeah. So I can just like <laughs> I can just listen to what you're saying and copy you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so another great question. We talked about it. We've skimmed over the supplement topic a few times in other podcasts, Oof. but we haven't gone into that much detail. So at Will Hill one he wanted to know about supplements, and he actually gave me a list of supplements he was taking, which I'll, I'll bring up now so we can kind of talk about that. But um, what's your experience? Them. Go on, mate. Don't take them. <laughs> there we go. My take. End of question. That's Drew's answer. Done. Okay. So, uh, right then. Leave me a rating and review on iTunes, and that's the end of it. Done. Nah. Um, yeah, go on, Drew. Um, what's your experience with supplements, mate? Because we've got our own story. Oof, my experience with supplements is that I used to take them far too often. Um, I probably spent the majority of my my income on it when I was younger. So, when I was working, working different jobs, rather than saving to 
I don't know, just to, to invest or go traveling or something like that, I would look for the latest supplement brand from a magazine. I think the biggest one I used to buy was, I'm not sure if you remember, uh, Maxi Muscle Cyclone. Do you remember yep. that one? Yep, I do. I used to buy, I don't know, I was probably earning terrible money at the time in between like college and school. So I think I was earning maybe 200, 250 pound a week. Uh, and I was spending Cyclone. I'd buy probably buy three, get the fourth one three, and that probably cost me about 150 pound. Wow. I was far better investing that in um, a decent diet and into some nutrition, some whole natural foods, uh, rather than drinking that substance, which I find crazy now these days. If only we'd have known, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The, the amount of money I used to spend on supplements, and I get sucked in by like magazines and, and, and TV shows and things like that, thinking that it was a be-all and end-all to get my protein shake in within a 30-minute 30-minute anabolic window post-session. Um, and there's a huge regret of mine now. Like, if anything, I've getting rid of most of the sweeteners in my diet and things like that, and eliminating like pre-workouts and amino acids has not only done uh, done paid dividends for my body, but I think my mind as well, mate. Because I feel that when I was taking those supplements and I was getting a high and then a low, then a high and then a low, that wasn't doing anything for my uh, my my psycho uh, psychoactive. <laughs> exactly. That's the wrong word. My no, psychologist. Exactly, mate. No, and I can relate, man, because I was exactly the same in my teenage years. I stumbled upon Carter Sports Nutrition, um, a, plate, a nutrition shop near where I used to live, and went straight in there when I started lifting weights when I was like 15, 16, and I was just literally bought everything, all the stuff he recommended. And now looking back, it just kind of tucked me up a little bit um, because, you know, 95% of it probably wasn't necessary. Um, yeah. yeah, so I started off taking like whey protein, and then what else did he give me? He gave me a pre-workout as well. What else was it? I don't. Th- if you only you give me creatine, I wish you didn't give me creatine. What's that? You would have. Um, if you were anything like me, you would probably would have been taking a pre-workout. You would have looked to take during your workout. Yeah, BCAs. Yeah. You would have taken BCAs or an intra-workout, which is the new um, new fr- new phrase fr- using now. You would have taken post-workout, probably like a protein shake with some sort of dextrose, like some sort of fast-acting sugar, yeah. and you probably would have had one or two more shakes throughout the day because you you felt you weren't getting enough protein in although you were probably eating about 300 grams of protein from chicken breast dry yeah, exactly. chicken breast that's it you're already uh, overdosing and peeing out the majority of protein but, intake the thing is like I was thinking about this the other day that I, I'm not sure you know our bla- like I used to eat super bland bland foods I felt like the blander the better in terms of my diet so I would eat like a chicken breast with some uh, uncooked broccoli with some brown rice no salt no seasoning nothing like that and I would go from having the blandest food to then having one of the most processed foods I could mm. have, which was protein shake. So I didn't even put two and two together at the time. That, mm-hmm. that was like one extreme to the other. It's funny because you see the word protein in it, a protein shake, protein bar, and people assume, oh, protein is healthy. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's actually quite the opposite. My friend Andre used to say, if I had that chocolate bar there said protein on it, you would eat it. And he was right. right. Yeah. It was just so silly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's crazy. So, you'd, and even then, you would probably have like a protein bar as well. Sometimes a few times a week. Mm. But like, look back, the way it, ma- it made your gut feel and like your digestion was awful. Mm, absolutely. About- There's only a handful of uh, of protein products, whey protein products, or any protein products that I've found which are actually mm. you know generally healthy. And they've only got a few ingredients in them. But if you look yeah. at a tub, as we've mentioned before, uh, the the average tub of protein, you'll see the massive list of chemicals and artificial ingredients in there. And there literally is not much more processed. There's not much uh, things or foods or anything out there more processed than a protein shake. So no, it's crazy. And I suppose deemed a health, esteemed a health shake, right? It's healthy for you, and that's exactly. again another reason how you get sucked into it as well. That's it. And I used to argue with people to say this is my, like my mother was even saying like all these substances you're taking can't be good for you. I was like, no, they're like nutritional shakes and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, I, at the time I just I was blinded by it, and I, I really look back, and that is a huge regret of mine that I was just bought into that rather than just looking after my diet and controlling calories and things like that. That's and I it. could have got my my body in a better shape by not having them back then. Yeah. Than, than I am now, I reckon. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Same here. We we couldn't have been further from the truth, really. And I started yeah. taking uh, USN, like USN's whey protein. Oh, you were you sponsored by them, or you? Oh uh, no, 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 this is way. Yeah. So I, to be fair, when I first started, this is like when I was like fifteen, sixteen. I literally was just taking protein, and I think maybe a pre-workout. Uh, but I was having yeah. like three of them a day. I was having like three protein shakes a day, and I was eating. Yeah. I must have been having like five times the amount of protein I needed. Um, yeah. No wonder I've got gut issues, but yeah, yeah, later, exactly me. But then later, did you, have any, did you ever have the uh, the um, high calorie shake? I think it was like ma- my friend used to have mammoth shake. 
Yeah, I was going to come to that then. Yeah, the mass gainer. The mass gainer. Mate, I used to have one. It used to be like 1,300 calories. It used to be like 1,300 calories in a shake, right? 1,300. Thick substance. That's it, mate. And then before heading to the gym, like back in the day. So, yeah, I didn't know You press the blender and it's just like... It doesn't even move, does it? You know what I mean? And um, I used to even add stuff to it. I used to add like bananas and peanut butter. So I probably used to have like 2,000 calories in a shake at one point. Uh, yeah. No wonder my fart used to smell so chronic. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> I don't find I have the only time I yeah the only time that happens now is if if I have if I do occasionally have something like that or like this that's changed rapidly like my mm. digestion things like that and, mm. and wind and things like that from not having these these types of shakes every day so definitely. that's a big sign for me that oh, if my definitely. gut is fine correctly and efficiently then I shouldn't have that type of stuff in my diet so 100% and I think like you know bodybuilders so many of them out there still have like way too much protein day in day out and like I, I'm more aware of it now so I have a lot, I have so much less now but even now I don't know about you, Anne, but I, I, I struggle to keep it down because I know I only need the bare minimum. So as we mentioned yeah. earlier, like for someone who's just starting out lifting weights, generally they're going to need, I'm going to put them on a bit more protein just to make sure they're getting an adequate amount because the body doesn't synthesize it as well. But with Andrew and I, have been lifting weights for X amount of time. Um, you know, we, we, we don't need as much. So I, I struggle to actually keep it down to the minimum. So I'm still having a little bit too much, but I'm not having a dangerous amount. Like I used to have a dangerous amount. And, and studies have shown that, you know, having too much protein can increase certain types of the risk of certain types of cancer by like 400%. You know, having, having, I think for the people listening haven't got this issue, but like most of the bodybuilders out there are having dangerous amounts. Um, but yeah, in my... You step, into, you step into Gold's Gym in LA and you smell the farts in there and then you tell me that those guys aren't on protein shakes, Oh, right? mate, pungent farts, man. You can you can from a mile away as well, man. It's like, there, like it, an egg, eggy smell. In mate, there. those farts linger with intent, mate. I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you smell on the gym, you know some some guy is probably doing too much protein or too many supplements. So literally, the, rea- the reality away. is the reality is the mo- the majority of them aren't, aren't approved anyway by quality standards. So like no, like most aren't tested. Most don't have the amounts of, of protein in or or HMB no. or whatever else and any other supplements they have in them. Um, a lot of them have biased research, so like they are using their own studies of their own scientists to prove that. They Definitely. have muscle effects or muscle building yeah. ability when you take the shake. Oh, so that's just a good point. They, they're very clever. They're very clever about that. So they'll the marketing, they'll say, oh, studies have shown. And by the way, all the studies are short term. They're like six weeks max. And they'll say, yeah. oh, um, this particular, let's just say um, this type of pro, this whey protein improved certain markers which contribute to building. Mu- but did they build more muscle? The answer is probably no. Like they'll just use fancy words and beat around the bush to make and even if they did it's short term and it's like it's it's like out of all the things you're doing to build muscle and 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 actually you know become healthy and whatever it is and maintain muscle it's literally within the one to five percent supplements come into the one to five percent of your end of your end product isn't it true it's the least it's probably the least important factor like you can you can have when it comes to like your overall nutrition definitely and, and the reason they're called supplements is because you're supposed to supplement a good diet, right? Or a good lifestyle. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. But yeah. The, go on, sorry. No, no, go on, yeah. mate. Go, go on, go on. I was just saying that, like, when I have discussions with people, if I'm talking about training and stuff like that, like, one of the first questions they might ask me is, like, what type, what supplements do you take? 100%. I'd be like, years ago, I would have said, yeah, I take this, this, that, this. Now, I'm like, I don't take any supplements. And they're looking at me as if I got two heads, like, as if you're bullshitting yeah. me. You, you know, you must be taking something. No, no. I generally don't take any supplements anymore That's it. unless I, I actually need and I'm lacking things in my diet. And again, a supplementation is for supplementing. It shouldn't be the, 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 the most part of your diet as it used to be for me like, or the highest part of your diet. Absolutely. And the thing is like people are just kind of um, kind of confused in a way because you've got all these models on Instagram promoting, you know, sat next to a pool on holiday drinking their amino acids. And it's just like, um, I just go. Does that change a little bit for you now, though? Because I don't see as many people drinking like um, window. It's like a window washer, right? Or window yeah. cleaner from a. <laughs> That's what I'm right? Yeah, some green I liquid. See, I don't feel that is as prevalent anymore in gyms. I'm not sure how it is in Australia, but like, yeah. I definitely see that less and less now. So I, I believe the tide is turning a little bit when it comes to supplements. So people are getting a bit more savvy to it, knowing that you can get those type of amino acids from your foods and things mm. like that. Unless, I guess, like if I was maybe a vegan, might want to supplement with uh, leucine or something like that, amino acids, because they're not getting an efficient amount of meat in the diet, obviously. Mm. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know why 
the majority of us are taking it. Exactly, it's pointless. And like even even in my like in my heyday, for example, when I was uh, sponsored by Cymex, uh, so I was actually sponsored by one of these companies, folks, right? So I was um, I, I fell into that into that obviously into that mindset of thinking, oh, you know, it's 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 going to really help me and get me really good results. And I think it's like you know, it's like an ego thing as well. When I look back, it's like you're doing it because you you can say you're sponsored kind of thing. Like you still get lots of models out there doing that, which you know each to their own. But you know, obviously, I, I started to learn learn and realize that actually it wasn't doing anything for me. And in fact, I would say most supplements are going to do you more harm than good. You know, let's for example, like in my heyday, I was taking a pre workout before training. Let's just talk real quick about our experience with uh, pre-workout. So, mm. you know, I was taking that before training, and they put so many different types of stimulants, color and dye, artificial stuff in there. And um, obviously, the main stimulant is going to be caffeine anyway. So that's the most beneficial thing in there. So you're better off just having a coffee, hands down. And at least you get the benefits of, you know, the, the polyphenols and the antioxidants and the gut health and stuff like that from coffee, as you know, um, and boom, like you're good to go, really. But the pre-workers, they put so many stimulants in there, they actually get you hooked, you know, because you get you get um, hooked on the feeling, the mental feeling, mm. right? The rush you get. Uh, remember Hema Rage End? Oh man, that was that was crazy <laughs> stuff. Like uh, that was uh, that was interesting, right? Andrew and I, what were we doing? I'm not on a night out. Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't get as chatty and talking to talking to talking to women and things like that. Do you exactly. know what I mean it would it would have that type of uh, type of effect on you? So uh, so that tells you exactly what. That that substance is you're taking before training, right? I oh, know we were taking like, it on a not, Sunday it, before it, going out. I think I think a lot of time it makes you feel as if you're having a better session, but like I've learned now that even not taking coffee, I feel I'm still lifting the same amount of weight. I'm still pushing myself as hard. It's just that different feeling, right? And you're gonna make a transition from a stimulant-based product to hey, just normal tranquil. But you're not having a worse session than you would be if you were on a pre-workout. So absolutely, man. Studies are showing now that the placebo effect is a lot more powerful than what they think, right? So the mind yeah. is so powerful. Like I know I say I always talk about, but yeah, I've cut coffee out right for almost two weeks now, and I feel like no different. I'm doing heavy, heavy strength training, and yes, I could have done with some the other day, but like it's just in in, in a sense, it kind of is just blocking off the signals when you're tired and you're run down and you're in a bit of a stress state. That's the last thing you need is a stimulant, really. So, um, you know, where I was going to go with that is, you know, I, it just made me realize how powerful placebo is. But this guy, for example, he's taking, um, he's taking, like, yeah, whey, he's, he's, yeah, he's, so taking, he's, take, he's taking whey protein, right? So let's just go through it real quickly. Whey, so, pro, whey protein, go on. Like, if he, if he is taking whey protein, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's terribly bad, but, like, it depends on the rest of his diet. Like, is he giving you an, an inclination of everything else he's eating, like his macros or anything like that? Because, again, if you aren't, like, I know you've been struggling lately yourself to get in adequate amounts of calories and maybe sometimes adequate amounts of protein. So then that may be an option where he can add a whey protein into his diet to supplement not getting enough of a certain macronutrient. Absolutely. But if he's, if he's eating adequate amounts of protein anyway... He doesn't need to take that like no exactly and i do have i do have protein every day pretty much but if i'm honest yeah. now it's it's i i do need it some days i do need it but a lot of time i don't need it it's just become a habit now because i mix my berries in with it it's a good quality protein i'll uh it's, it's atp science as well so i don't know where this guy lives if he lives in australia though um atp science really good product uh they've got mm. like five ingredients in there it's sweetened naturally by stevia so you know, I'm not even I'm not even affiliated with them, but um, this is a really good product. And the thing is, most whey proteins, as we said, ideally, if you can get another good one, is 180 Nutrition as well. Uh, they do a grass-fed whey protein. Um, the thing is, most whey proteins, it's just they're just not ideal, really, in terms of the ingredients they put in there. So, um, but yeah, when it comes down to whether or not you actually need any whey protein whatsoever, it's based on your total protein intake. So, um, so for for this guy. Um, like we said earlier, I don't know if you track, but you know, really, you you only need to have about 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So if you can work out how much you weigh in pounds, um, the chances are you probably get an adequate amount. Um, but obviously, I don't I don't really know what you're eating. But you have said that you eat relatively healthy, so it, it's good. It's, it's handy if you're not getting enough protein in. Other than that, you don't need it after training. And Andrew Andrew mentioned no. the uh, 30 minute anabolic window, right? Which is complete bullshit. Okay. We've been fed by the supplement industry fed into that as well you know, exactly we, we, and we bought into but again that's, into the, that's, the, that's the advertising industry in, in supplement industry hey you need protein you need this you need that definitely and we were we were young and naive and we weren't educated at that point and we would buy into that and we'd write we were like oh god get this in i would i remember times where i was stressed out if i didn't get like i, was, I may be with someone like a family member and i'm like i've got to eat i've got to eat i've got to do this i've got to get it in within 30 minutes otherwise i'm going to lose all my muscle 100 percent. that's the effect that very stressful you. And, 
that's not that, that's not good for you mentally. Like, I'm sorry. Hundred percent. So if that's healing right now, cut that protein shake out post training and just don't worry about it. And eat a couple of hours after. It's not going to affect you. I promise. I say exactly, and that, we remember we used to have. Um, I was we had that bodybuilding diet, didn't we? We were both following that yeah. guy, whatever his name was. And I used yeah, to, um, I used to, add, we used to add in there a bit of Vitago, didn't we? Post training with whey protein. So mm. that's that's another thing. Like you know, there's a li- there's a little bit of science comes out, and, and the bodybuilding world just takes it and runs with it, right? And just just yeah. m- just multiplies it and just um, blows it out of proportion. So um, there is some it's studies to show. It's splitting his. It's splitting his. There's some studies to show that having sugar or carbs after training can be beneficial, right? But it's splitting his. Yeah, maybe if it, maybe for some for some people who may train two or three times a day, but that's generally like an athlete who may either meet, you know they might need more calories or they may mm. need to put, put some put some of that sugar in post training. Maybe maybe yep. we don't really know, but it's not that important. I'm sorry. So like, no, exactly. Does he say what type of protein he's using? Like the the make the yeah, brand. Yeah, he hasn't actually said on there, but let's just uh, cap that one off. So generally, whey protein can come in handy if you're not hitting enough protein, adequate protein. Uh, but when when it comes to having it after training um it's not necessary really so bcaa's drew that's the next one he's taking I, I think they're actually for the most part a load of bullshit i would say yeah. I, would, I would recommend you stop taking them will to be honest and for anyone else who's listening what's your thoughts mate same stop taking them as a waste of money waste of money save your cash mate and uh, buy one of my training programs the only time i do take it and i think again i think it's probably a psychological thing but um when i'm leading up the shows and i'm about three four weeks out from a show um and my body fat's down to like three or four percent then i'll start taking it because bear in mind as we mentioned before the body will use muscle will b- break down muscle at a very very last resort it's not going to use muscle as energy so you, you know the only reason that they they promote this is because you're going to break down muscle and potentially lose some muscle tissue when you're training not going to happen 110 percent. yeah i think as well during that time you're pretty hungry right so i think just having a sip on that which is zero calories is just going to give you an extra little boost to get you through your day right definitely and you can get because you can get most bcaa's in through food for having good quality animal products you know have some red meat you know eating chicken thighs for example even fish so and I, th- I believe eggs as well. So any kind of good quality animal sources, you're going to get more than enough BCAAs generally within that. What about glutamine? Because that's there's still a, I think there's still some studies to show that it can help. But again, we're splitting hairs, aren't we? Like it's not going to benefit most pe- like anyone really, like 99 percent no. of people, unless you're um, an elite athlete, right? And even then, no. it's yeah. I've uh, never really utilized this, so I can't I can't comment on that. But again, I've you know. Yep. I think again, it's just just one of those products that supplement companies are trying to trying to sell you, definitely sell your advancements and what it does. But again, I, I you know, there's a few things I would use, like um, which, which we can delve into in a bit. But creatine. Glutamine for me, no. what, about, what about creatine? He, he, he takes creatine. So, what's your experience with okay, that? Okay. Yeah, man, I would. I, that's one of the only supplements that I would recommend, like especially if you're looking to build strength. For, for for strength benefits like muscle fullness and, and for for generating power I guess, but again don't get roped into um, buying a huge you know a huge amount and and then like loading up on it. There's like a loading phase, as they promote in in magazines or probably on the back of the pack they say you need to load up on this for X amount of I think probably two weeks or a month right. Mm. Generally you only you only need like five milligrams uh, uh, daily. Five grams. Should yeah. be five grams. Sorry man. Yeah. Uh, and for vegans, probably like a slightly higher dose. Vegans or vegetarians will probably go like about seven grams a day then. Yeah. But other, yeah, that's probably one of the ones I would say, yeah, if you really want to supplement creatine monohydrate, which is the cheapest version, I believe. That's the one you want to go for. So I know you've been using that lately or you've been using it a couple yep. of months ago. What yeah, I've been, I've been using Crea Pure, yeah. And, and that's the other thing. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of crap creatine products out there. So bear in mind, folks, you know, counterfeit supplements – uh, actually rife you know so like the, a lot of they, they I, I should have written down this study but there's been some studies to show and it blew my mind like they've done studies on something like 15 to 20 different protein products and they found mm-hmm. like something like 75 percent of them um only had only had over half the amount of what they stated if that makes sense so most of them had like yeah. literally a, a fraction of what they said in terms of the amount of protein in there and that's just one of the many products but it's the same for creatine i've heard that a lot of um creatine uh, here in australia like it comes from like bins in china it's made, honestly like a lot of the ingredients wasn't it like um some sort of metals in like some of the vegan type um wasn't it vega and stuff like that they had a high amount of metals oh, i don't know something like that it may be coming from that product uh, study that you, exactly. you delved in I don't know. There was there was other sorts of substances in a lot of them, and some of them are really popular brands. So like that's it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Then they were. I would, you know, if we're giving advice to you now, um, when you're listening in, uh, asking questions, asking the question, 
like is there any background information you can do on the product like don't just go from what you read in a magazine or your favorite uh instagram model or bodybuilders using it can we can you delve into it a little bit deeper see if there's been lab analysis done on it like see if it is a good quality product before you actually buy it because as i said earlier i was roped in to buy in certain products like maxi muscle and spending the majority of my pay on it as a, as a youngster so if that's what you're doing now without doing any any background checks on it and finding out more about the product, then you're making a huge mistake and just, just start doing that from now on. Definitely. Read into it a bit more, see what the benefits are and see if that's something you're lacking in your own diet. 100%. Because if you're not in your diet, then you probably don't need to supplement with it. That's it. But with creatine, even for someone who eats meat, it's quite hard. Like You'd have to eat like red meat most days to get it in. So I would say for yeah. most people listening, I've said I've said this before, I think for women, even, I think for women it's even more important. I can't remember why there's some, some studies to show why, but um, I, I find I get really good results with, with, um, with most, most people I notice they do get a difference. They do, like, let's just say, for example, like with creatine, let's just explain what it does, right? So let's just imagine you're doing a bench press, right? And you have about... Um, out of out of 10, 10 bars of energy you have like you have like six bars right that's what you have creatine might might give you seven or eight bars at a push it's a bit of a weird analogy but it's going to give you it might give you a little boost it, it most for most people it does give a boost in strength i know it's a considerable difference in strength uh, also recovery it helps a lot with an immune system so it is a very important nutrient so uh, also though he he cycles it as well which is what um, that's a that's a smart thing to do i think every generally every 3 or 4 weeks um, cycle it um, but yeah around about 3 to 5 grams a day I would say for most people is the sweet spot you don't need to load on it, it will, like Andrew said it will say that on the tub but uh, generally just having that amount each day about around about 5 grams for about 3-4 weeks at a time is going to be suffice also he takes vitamin C vitamin D um, do you take any vitamins Anne, nowadays? actually you reminded me the other day to take vitamin D because I, I am being taken that minute, and I was advised to do that by uh, your former guest Sal because I'm, I think I was a little deficient in it uh, yep. especially during like, a New York winter yep. uh, um, so yeah again you can probably get your, ch- your check with a doctor anyway mm. to see or, um, to see if you are deficient um, ultimately you want if you if, again like is he is, is he from Australia or uh, do you know what I, mean? I haven't actually looked into that but Right. So if he's having a lack, like for me, like if I'm right now, I'm I'm not getting as much sun. It's a little darker and gloomier here during winter. So when I'm spending a lot of my time indoors because I'm training people throughout the day and the gym I'm at now is not as open as my previous gym. So there's less opportunity to go outside, I guess. So for me, I'm getting la- a lack of sunshine. So um, it, can, it can compromise the immune system a little bit. But I think it's also linked to... Um, if you if you are lack vitamin D that you can become depressed through it, so it's, it's definitely an important supplement to take. If you are feeling low, that could be a, a, in, a deficiency in vitamin D. So who knows? Absolutely, yeah, because vitamin D, I but believe, even if you are getting the sun like you are, you, you can still become uh, deficient. And I'm sure if you're not going out, out outdoors enough, so exactly, yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right there. Actually, vitamin D does stimulate stimulate the uh, hypothalamus, which produces like serotonin and stuff. So it is very important for your mind. Mm-hmm. Also, vitamin D is actually the, the only vitamin which is, I believe, is classed as a hormone. So it produces it actually produces certain hormones such as testosterone. So vitamin okay. D is is actually very important for for muscle growth. So yeah, the the bottom line is, or pretty much all of the vitamin D is going to come from daylight and sunshine. Like when it comes to food and and what you're putting in your body, that's splitting hairs. So it's an easy win, right? It's an easy win for you guys, like living in Australia, not you know, just to get outdoors. Like that's a that's a tick there, just to get outdoors and, and walk around, and get some steps in, and just enjoy your time outside. And then guess that's a stress reliever as well. 100%. Getting your vitamin D, you're gonna start feeling a bit better. You know how it is when you're Definitely. sunny outside, away. Definitely, you know yeah. you. You're automatically in a good mood, generally, you know. So exactly, and that's going back to what we're saying. It does have a, an effect on the hormones and stuff—a massive effect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so if you can, if you can, if you live in a, if you live in, a, if you get enough sunshine and, um, and stuff, and you live in a warm country, generally you're going to get enough vitamin D. Um, what was I going to say then? But yeah, so generally, if you if you if you don't get if you're living in somewhere like the UK uh, or or you you know have to go for the brutal New York winters like Andrew, then that's when you want to take it really. So like in the winter here, even the winter here in Australia, when we don't get as as much, I'll probably take a little bit. But generally, we still get enough. So, um, but it is the number one. I think it's one of the leading deficiencies in the world now, vitamin D. So uh, it is worth looking into that and um, take the liquid form. You know, a thousand to two thousand IU's a day. Generally, I was taking when I was living back in the UK. So don't quote me on that. But vitamin D, uh, I would say, if you're not getting enough from sun, definitely take that. Also, uh, with multivitamins, um, we better we better finish this off pretty fast now because I think it's coming up to the hour mark now. But with um with with multivitamins, most of them are an absolute load of bullshit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, agreed. Like I think you, you know, if you are going to take it, you got to get a high quality uh, multivitamin. Um, yeah. But uh, I never really recommend it for anyone. Maybe if your diet isn't isn't in check and, and it's very processed. Um, and you're lacking variety and, and micronutrients, so it'd have to delve into his diet a little bit more with that. But definitely, like, really, again, you're splitting hairs, I guess, taking a multivitamin. Might it. It, it might. That's it. You take, you that's take, I used to take before as well. I used to take that a multivitamin or a Barocca every day, same. thinking it was doing something for me. And really, no, nah. it's not. We get more than enough for food. Even person with even people with a relatively healthy diet, generally, we get the body's body's very clever. Um, I believe it produces some naturally anyway. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but the certain certain hormones and vitamins are produced in the gut. The body produces a lot of vitamins and and stuff naturally. I believe. Don't quote me on that again. I don't want to go too much into that. But the, the minerals and stuff like that, the body does produce a lot naturally. So don't overthink that, right? And the bottom line is his goal, right, is to stay lean and muscular, right? That's that's the, okay. that's his goal. It's aesthetics, right? Like, and as he said on the message, like ninety percent of people have the same goal, right? So just yeah. to, and he takes ZMAs as well, which I used to take. So in my heyday, I took pre-workout. I took um, an intra-workout. I took BCAAs. I took. Um, what else did I take? I took glutamine. I took, I took that separately. I took ZMAs. I took literally everything. I was taking it. So uh, ZMAs. So I was. How was your body? How was you talking about? He's talking, wishing to be more ascetic, or you know, he's, he's obviously looking to stay in shape. How has your body differed now that you are not taking as many supplements as opposed to taking all of them? Oh, night and day. Night and day. So, like, obviously, that plays a massive part into my um, my success with my physique and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. Um, when I cut out supplements, so. The second I cut them out and eliminated them all together, um, I, cut, I literally cut them all out at one point, and then I just I just reintroduced creatine, and yeah. what else did I start taking? And then I just started taking since I've got here like good quality whey proteins because I can't get enough in, and that's literally it. I do take some nootropics, which I'm a big fan of, but again, I'm not going to go into that because it's um it's kind of splitting hairs. But just to answer his question, right, what I would do is I would cut all of them out, um, maybe keep some vitamin D handy. Yeah, you introduce them, right? Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I would say, though, like generally for most people, I think if you're not getting enough protein in, whey protein can come in handy. Creatine, mm-hmm. continue to cycle that. But yeah. forget about all the pebbles, right, because that's what they are. And focus on the big rocks, right, as we always say. And, yeah. and it's just going back to what we said. If you want to, if your goal is aesthetics, right, are you lifting weights properly? You know, how's your training programming? Are you doing that properly? You- he did say he might buy one of my uh, programs, which would be a good thing for him. Okay. Um, you know, without trying to plug it, you know, if if, if your training program is on point, then you're going to get good results. And um, eating, he says, he says he eats healthy. Obviously, it'd be good to delve deeper into what he's eating, and um, you yeah. know, I, I wouldn't mind actually helping him on he's that. You know, it could be a focus, less focus on supplements, more focus on calorie intake and a macronutrient, micronutrient intake. I think that's that's those can be spot on there. Definitely, I think that pretty much sums it up. Then, do you think? Yeah, definitely, mate. and I think just uh, touching on supplements. If there's any vegans uh, listening, uh, probably supplement on uh, vitamin B12 um, because of a bit of his issues with like uh, you can have issues with anemia and, and nervous system damage, um, and also uh, the amino acid. If you're going to take that leucine, which you're lacking from your diet as well, so hundred percent. And yeah, B12 is the number one for vegans, and there's I think there's what there's there could be I'm one. Crazy. Creatine, creatine, yeah, definitely. But but yeah, as far as health goes and, and actually survival, B12 is number one for any any vegans. And there are other nutrients and stuff they're finding, which I won't go too much into, which vegans tend to be deficient on uh, after a few years. So although there's a big kind of camp now with people eating plant-based, um, based on my experience and some of the specialists I, I listen to and look up to, you know, a lot of these deficiencies can kick in after time. It can take years for these deficiencies to kick in. So if you are a vegan, just make sure you get your blood tested regular um, and just keep an eye on it, really. You know, some people do thrive on a vegan diet, but not, but not many people based on my experience. So, yeah, just in one or two sentences, just to answer the question on supplements, the only ones, I think, Andrew, do you take any protein? Any whey protein? Or? No. No, well, man, I've just I've just lowered my protein intake as well, so yeah, yeah, there's no need for me to take it anymore. Occasionally, maybe to put in a yogurt or something like that, but I haven't got any left in the cupboard, so I'm bothered for a few months now. Sound. So yeah, I'll cycle creatine and I'll take so I'll take protein. I take the uh, the no way ATP science protein at the moment, uh, and I've also tried the uh, Primal Kitchen uh, protein as well. Like like I said, I'm not affiliated with any of these brands, that's why I mention them all in one podcast. But I'm just being honest with the ones I'm taking. So yeah, that's it really for me. That's all I take supplements wise. Uh, I eat healthy 80% of the time, uh, healthy whole foods 80% of the time. You know, I eat shitty foods probably once a week. Um, I do like, I, I like, I've been, been having more like kind of um, healthy kind of treats now, more on a daily basis um, to try and get my calories in, but I'm probably using it as an excuse just to eat a bit more sugar. Um, and yeah, 
for the most part, you know, lifting weights most days properly. And that's really it in a nutshell, Will. So what would you say, mate, to summarize that? Just focus on home natural foods that have variety, Will, and, and just save your money, mate. Just if you are worried about like vitamin D deficiency, go to your doctor, get yourself checked out. Other than that, I think just keep keep going with the creatine. Seems like you're in good nick anyway, so if you have any nutritional questions, just fire them over. Definitely. And if anyone, I know a lot of people listening to this is, uh, have office jobs and stuff, if you can just get outside, if you, if you, I don't know if you don't do this already, if you can just get outside in the morning, because bear in mind, our circadian rhythm is so important, and getting that little hit of vitamin D in the morning, even if it's not sunny, just any form of daylight is going to give you a little spike of vitamin D. So in the morning, if you have a sedentary job, if you just get out there for like 20 minutes, go for a light walk, get some daylight, that's going to do you the wall of good, the compound effect on that with vitamin D and movement and skating rhythm. All the, just something simple like that really helps. So. And it'll increase your, pro- uh, your productivity levels as well, no doubt. Definitely. So with that, if you could, um, I was going to say, because we're slowly building up our um, Optimize Your Body tribe very slowly. We're trying to get um, up to about 50 members on Facebook, and then we're going to start sharing uh, and answering questions on the in, in the Facebook community. So go over to Facebook and request to join our Optimize Your Body Facebook tribe. And also, yeah, we have an Optimize Your Body page as well on Facebook. So go and, go and like and join our group. Thanks again, Drew. Nice one for jumping in again, mate. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Cheers, buddy.